Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for On the Money, presented by Embassy National Bank. Hi, everybody. This is Joe Moss, and welcome to this edition of On the Money, brought to you by Embassy National Bank and FDIC-insured uh, National Bank right here in Lawrenceville, Georgia. We are the number one small business show on Business Radio X. As you know, we uh, discuss topics designed to help small business succeed because at Embassy National Bank, we're proud of how we help, how we help small business. I'm Joe Moss, your host and president at the bank, and we welcome you to the Subaru of Gwinnett studio. We've got, uh, we're very privileged to have an incredible guest today. I think this is going to be a really good conversation. We have Perry Tyndall, who is now the CFO and a partner in All Good Pest Solutions. So, Perry, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Joe. As you know, on this show, we like to try to come up with uh, topics that will help small business. And Perry has, along with his family, have built and established a strong and growing business. Still, you can still still consider it a small business, I guess. And uh, um, we're going to talk to him about some of the things that have worked and haven't worked and just kind of have a nice conversation. So we appreciate you being here. Very good. Um, can you talk about All Good Pest Solutions and how you guys got started? Well, I'd really have to go all the way back to where the family started in the business, which dates back to the 40s, Red Tyndall, which is the grandfather and father of some of my partners in the business, was a captain in the Army Corps of Engineers back in World War II, and he worked uh, training the military in the South Pacific. Guadalcanal for control of mosquitoes. I mean, wow. now with the Zika virus, of course, here we are many years later, and the mosquitoes are kind of driving our business once again. But uh, once he left the uh, service, uh, he came, and, and along with his uncle, uh, his uh, brother-in-law, actually, at the time, uh, Jim Allgood Sr., which is my partner and chairman, Jimmy Allgood's uh, father, started a company called Georgia Exterminating back in, you know, uh, the early 50s. And uh, actually then the main, one, the main company in the market as it is still today, Orkin Exterminating, the Orkin family uh, came to them and uh, uh, offered and, and bought the, the business from, uh, from them. And, and Red Tyndall went to work and was with Orkin for, gosh, almost uh, 20-something years until – uh, the company was acquired by Rollins, and at that point, I remember ventured, that. Yeah. yeah, ventured out and started Tyndall Services with his two sons, Bubba and Mike. And he wasn't covered by a non-compete or uh, anything. Well, they actually the exit that was was one of mutual consent, and it was uh, and 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 he aligned himself with some real good strategic partners at the time and started family business in '67. Twenty twenty something years later. Uh, the business was actually sold to waste management. They acquired okay. companies across the United States, were looking to grow and compete with companies like Orkin and Terminix and some of those. And we were part of that organization for a matter of a few years, learned a lot. But as the corporate world tends to go sometimes, we were 
uh, came to learn one day that we no longer were working for waste management. We were now part of Service Master and Terminex, and kind of our world changed. We made a decision <laughs> in late 1990 to move back to the Atlanta area, myself and two of my cousins, Mike and Chuck Tyndall, and to start All Good Services of Georgia at the time, which as uh, later became All Good Pest Solutions in name. So other than uh, pest solutions, what else do you do in the services company? Well, depending upon the area, and we do have offices in Knoxville and down in Brunswick and, and all like that we, where we do some uh, lawn and turf. The other things that we deal with, which really align itself with the pest, is wildlife type work that's you know remediation with you know wildlife getting into homes as we've kind of taken over their territory we have a real strong team of people that do that mainly in the metro atlanta area and the squirrels will eat you alive yeah and the key to it is not just uh trapping them but you gotta you know you you, yeah and you trap them you release them but if you don't do it properly then they come right back and, and then you got to cut all the branches off the yeah. top of your house so they can't get back yeah. in and build the wire cage so they don't chew through. Yeah, that's the mechanical part. The, the, the mechanical remediation is a key, key part of it. Well, uh, unfortunately, we're a victim of squirrel infestation, uh, and it was not cheap. But yeah. uh, we, got, we got it taken care of. So in 1991, you put all good pest control business together. What did it look like in 1991? Uh, three, three, men, guy, three, three guys three, in a truck, right? Yeah, well, we say three men and two trucks. Three men, two trucks, and a pesticide, right? Yeah, and that's right. And we, we our, uh, our uh, launching point was we would meet at uh, Rexall Drugs in Duluth, Georgia for breakfast and <laughs> plan out our day. And uh, Was it mostly just uh, uh, household work at that point? Actually, we probably start now, focus more on the commercial piece, even though the residential has far outgrown the commercial piece today. It was, it, we had, you know, we had some, some name recognition, uh, uh, and we were afforded an opportunity with a couple of, uh, large organizations. Quite honestly, we, we, we secured the Coca-Cola, uh, corporate headquarters early on and and the varsity early on and and in fact you know during our first couple of years we had you know between those and 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 uh uh a relationship we had at, at the time at delta and the airport we kind of had the cornerstone of of, of, of you st- is delta still a client no we had we no longer do any work down at the airport yeah uh, i know how that happens unfortunately yeah. right um so but today company that started out with three men and two trucks out of uh, a Duluth uh, Rexall drugstore, you're going to do 30 million in revenue in 2017. Is that the projection? Well, that that would that would be our hope that maybe uh, that's uh, an uh, at least that. So, but we 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 do feel confident we'll reach that goal. Now, when you started, did y'all have a business plan? Did you? Uh, or did you just say, we need to just go do this? No, I, I will tell you probably the one thing that we learned of most value from the time that we spent with waste management was just how important the budget process was. Hmm. I mean, the really layout a financial plan. I mean, you can have a business plan and, you know, but you gotta, you know, I, one of the things I see with a lot of small businesses is it really evolves around cash and checking. And they really don't anticipate what you know what 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 their cash flow is and what they're able to do. And so we we started doing a budget right from the start. 
that really is even now today is a pretty intense process for us and our managers that starts toward the end of the year and goes on for several weeks. And do you budget uh, one year in advance? We do. We budget okay. one year in advance, but we, we do quarterly reviews. We bring everybody in on a quarterly basis and look at where we are and kind of, you know, if we need to reposition something, then we do, you know, we don't surrender the revenue back, but we, you know, we look at our direct expense piece and how we can manage that. Sure. So you budget the revenue and expenses, sales goals. Everybody kind of knows what they have to do to get the budget done. Correct. Okay. Are there a little? Are there rewards at the end of the year? You no. Know, there's there there there. Actually, we've kind of modified it even to go to more of a quarterly type. We still have annual, but we have quarterly type incentives now for all our people or are part of it. Um, you know, we, we really, I mean, work hard. Our culture piece we think is, is the cornerstone of our business. And we really work hard to promote ownership thinking. And, you know, as part of ownership thinking, you know, we, we really, you know, tried to incentivize that for them for, for performance. Now, um, back when you first got started, was there, a uh, there were four of you. Um, yeah, there were actually six equal six, partners, but uh, there were essentially four of us that were active in the business. Okay, and that's kind of how how it worked. Okay, were one of them a rainmaker uh, versus maintenance, or did everybody wear try to do all things? Uh, we 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 had each of us brought, I think, individual talents to the table. And then, obviously, collectively, it made us that much stronger. Uh, Chuck Tindall, who actually is, you know, just as a side note, is scheduled to be a third-generation president of our National Association hmm. starting uh, this year, of which there's over 20,000 companies in our industry. I anyway, he's kind of the marketing and sales piece, and his his brother, Mike, was really the, 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 the educational and people development piece and all, and and. and I, I was, and Mike's now operations, I was, to begin with, kind of the operations piece and the financial piece. Okay. Sometimes they conflicted with each other. Sure, and sure. now my responsibility is more toward the financial part. And um, are you still with just six partners? Uh, actually, we have, as partners of age, we have somewhat of an exit strategy for partners to retire from the business. Okay. We're actually down to, there's five partners of which there are four principal owners, and then we have a fifth partner who owns a smaller share that is exited to some degree, but not completely exited from okay. the business. Okay. Let's talk about family business. We talked a little bit before the show. What, how do you handle non-family superstars within a family business? Non-family superstars within a family business is, uh, you know, quite honestly, I, th I think part of the opportunity there is driven somewhat by the size of the business to mm -hmm. a degree too. Um, you know, we've, we've, we've been, we've been very fortunate to create a, a culture where people wanted to kind of the servant leadership, but wanted to stay. They were proud where they worked, who they mm -hmm. worked for. Uh, really, if you create that true ownership thinking sense, then, you know, then they're going to stay. I mean, it, it makes it for a happy out. employee yeah. and they yeah. show that out in the, in, 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 in the public too. Do you have children in the business that, that come up? We, we have had family members to work in the business. We still have family members in the business um you know kind of the succession piece or where that goes to the next generation is you know it, it's it's 
it's it's still an evolving piece because you know the, uh, both my sons came to work in the business one of them is both of them left one of them has come back so we kind of see you know a little bit of i bet you hold them to a higher standard than you hold everybody else well and it <laughs> th- there's a there's a certain truth to that but in their perspective, I, my son framed it this way. Said, "If I if I do good, it's because of you. If I do bad, you know, because of me." Yeah, yeah, so, so 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 there is no, there's no. Quite honestly, there's no winning. I mean, even you know, there's been a lot of discussion about what would you know, what would what advice would you give to somebody who has children come in the business? And I think looking back, both my sons would have benefited from having worked outside the business mm-hmm. to begin with. I didn't pull them in. They came by choice coming out of college, but I think they would have benefited from being to having gone out and right. worked somewhere else. Now, have you, um, where did you go to college? I actually, my college career started at Georgia Tech to be an engineer, and I actually graduated from Georgia Southern. Wow. And okay. we have a lot of family members. We have, we have all the universities. And what year this. was that? that you I graduated were- in 1978. 78 okay so you were two years i'm two years younger than you i think no older than you two years older so you kind of cranked this thing you got out of school about the same time i did jobs weren't very plentiful right so what did you do right out of school well i can't i actually moved to atlanta i'm from dublin georgia originally which is where the tyndall family originated at i i uh i moved coming out of college first of all when i came to georgia tech I, I left Tech because I didn't like Atlanta. But when I went to Georgia Southern, it turns out all my friends were from Atlanta, and I kept coming to Atlanta and really <laughs> fell in love with it. So when I got out of college, I knew I was coming here and started to work. Tyndall Services was already established, and I started to work with them in the service business. Right. Uh, just a real quick thing I was sure I, I never will forget coming out of college and being proud you got that college degree, going to somebody's house, ringing the doorbell. The housekeeper comes to the door and turns around, look, and said, "The bug man's here." And I'm thinking, "Boy, I've, 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 I've I worked hard that. for that's that right, title. That's right." So. Well, when you first got started back in 1991 or thereabouts, were there uh, uh, initial couple of years weren't very plentiful? Were there any times when you guys looked at each other and said, "What the heck have we done?" You know, I, I, I think, I think. With a with a when you start a small business and while that business is you know developing or, or growing or maturing, there there's there's plenty of obstacles, things to come across. And yes, there were. I mean, look, you know, I moved back here in 1991 with two small children, a wife who because we were moving, not working, and and uh, uh, very little income. Mm-hmm. Because starting out, I mean, we started the business on $45,000 in capital and a credit line on a shopping center. And that's how we kind of built it. So there, you know, we weren't heavily capitalized. So so there were, you know, and, and it always, you know, I mean, the, 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 the biggest challenges were meeting the financial piece. Sure. I mean, it was, it, it was tough at times. Sure. And I guess the, the, the marketing of it was pretty much... Well, they bootstrap marketing, I would think, correct? It was. I Knocking mean, uh, on doors and yeah, just uh, yeah, it was. And, and again, one of the things that we did benefit from, even though we weren't a Tyndall Services or ten, the last name, the Tyndall name had strong brand recognition in itself. Right. Right. We, we, we were, we had, we had relationships that, quite honestly, we look back on that early on put us in 
places where we were in front of decision makers sure as opposed to trying to get past the gatekeeper sure sure and that made a big difference that's a big difference yes it was and then uh but then it all always comes down to price and you probably had to maybe cut a little bit to get in the door but that's what you did right yeah I'll, I'll, I'll quote Red Tindall. He said, you know, when I questioned one time about price, he said, he said, you know, and, and we, we, yes, you have to be competitive, but one of the things is he, he never questioned his competitor's price because he, his, his words were only, they know the value of their service. Right. And so we really tried to sell our knowledge and our reputation and what we brought to the table. Um, got a break for a minute. This is Joe Moss. You're listening to on the money. Uh, we're talking with Perry Tyndall, who is CFO and partner at uh, All Good Pest Services, very successful business here in Atlanta. And um, we're, we wanted to, to get Perry to share some experiences about what it took to build the business, because as he said, he started off with three men and two trucks. And um, so we're learning about some of the early days. So you... One thing that I've noticed from the brochure that you've got, which I think is impressive, the, you have this for all your customers? That's that's actually an internal piece for our employees. Okay. It really helps them to reference back to, you know, to kind of the core values and, you know, as far as an organization and all is concerned. How important of, are all, is all this? We think, we think it is very important. I, you know, I, I would tell you that the greatest transition in our business has probably occurred over the last, you know, 10 years in terms of, you know, and maybe a little longer when, when, you know, we were, you know, our, our growth was kind of internal and external. We would find a, a, a well-respected small business in a market and we were able to partner with the people to grow. But, but one, one of the, one of the th- missing pieces was really, you know, the, the, the with, with the employees themselves and, you know, kind of uh, what, what's in it for them. And this just kind of, keep some focus and, and and if you kind of read through it, it it's mm-hmm. a little bit of a, a a way of them to hold us accountable mm-hmm. are we delivering upon what we the vision that we've set as far as the company and all is concerned and then it challenges them for what they can bring to the table to allow us all to be successful toward reaching our ultimate goals when did you all start put start putting these together was this a day one thing you started no, with no, no. I, I mean i i think i think with any business it's an evolving process i mean you know the certainly the way we went about doing our service and 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 what we're you know you, you it's kind of like the, the 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 integrity word either you have it or you don't i mean you build your business about integrity and fair prices and right. and and doing the right thing so to speak and 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 i think as as you grow sometimes you kind of maybe you know define it a little better i mean because one of the challenges as a business grows is how do you how do you reach not just your customers from an external standpoint but how do you reach your internal customers those people that work for you who are who represent your brand and and this is designed to really you know to to i mean you know we we've obviously grown to a lot more employees than three you know from a number of how years many people ago. do you have now uh, about 280 people wow and and it's important that every one of those people understand what you know what our core values are and what well, our i think it's is. very you know you mentioned servant leadership so mm-hmm. i i can see that in you that uh that uh 
Um, you don't sound to me like a demanding type of person, uh, but certainly you walk the walk, I would think. And uh, but these core values are are interesting, and I like I like what it's saying. Um, we got a mission control statement. You list out your core values, your core focus, your philosophy, and your history. And so the the uh, I, I can see how an employee could could really buy into this. Yeah, you know we we. Uh, this is our second year being named as one of uh, AJC's top workplaces in Atlanta. We're proud of that because that's, you know, that's a scorecard that our employees keep. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, the organization that kind of puts it together, looks at a lot of values, but I think em employee satisfaction is at the heart of it. Yep. So we, we, we feel very proud of that. We've, you know, uh, been been recognized multiple times for our you know our best in home services both you know here in Gwinnett with Gwinnett the Gwinnett publication and the Gwinnett Daily Post and then a lot of the other communities that we're in and that's representative of our people I mean that's where it starts at I mean you know you're only as good as the people around you well yeah it's all everything's a people business isn't it? it is yeah, we killing bugs. You know, everybody kills bugs. I mean, they, I'm talking about in our business. I wanted so to it, kill a bug yeah. last night. So there you go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. Just as an aside, um, yeah, our bank is chartered by members of the uh, South Asian community that are here and very successful entrepreneurs, and most of them are practice the Hindu religion. They don't they don't kill things, and mm -hmm. I find that impressive. If they if uh, they find a roach they sweep them out the door um they won't kill them me i find a roach it's it's kind of end of roach days so um pretty pretty interesting how all that works well let's let's do this um how many times over the years have you had to kind of change your outlook on the business and, and create a fairly significant structural change the unique the unique ownership and, and the interaction between owners has remained in place from the beginning, meaning that the, the, the three of us that kind of started and had our defined roles, our roles may have shifted some. We've, we've, we've always kind of kept an equal balance related to no partners more significant or more important than the other and we really you know we've been able to maintain that aspect i mean you, you know you always have decisions as you grow um uh, between you know centralized and decentralized mm -hmm. and processes and different things and all and really how do you create you know systems that ensure you know even the simplest of of of, of things like well you know is 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 the cash that was collected in this operation all making it to you know to the bank i mean so 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 there but our our model the foundation of our business has always been built around quite honestly around the people and the service and how we you know how we how our people reduct represent ourselves i mean the 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 way our vehicles look the way our uniforms look the way our you know it, you know even the icon having a very defined mm -hmm. you know basis of it the most dramatic shift though was in 2003 when we went through the branding process when we went from uh kind of a, this this conglomerate of of businesses operating in different markets under a, a various entities to a single all good pest solutions and and you know oh, and, you had bought 
entities uh, various around metro atlanta as well as throughout georgia yeah but now the ones in a, if, if we were already existing in that market we would they would tuck in and they would become at the time all good services or all good pest solution but in markets such as say uh, brunswick georgia glenn county when we went there in the mid 90s we had you know all good had no brand recognition there the company that was there we operated under that brand name for several years mm-hmm. did the same thing in macon georgia and Dalton in georgia you know we and, and then we would begin to incorporate our name into it now we're much more rapid to make that transition because our brand is typically has has has, has grown is stronger than perhaps the brand you know that's there but we have to so you, you know, can assimilate better we, when we do. do that yeah, yeah. and 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 the key is when, when we do when those businesses come along to be able to to retain the people that are going out to people's mm-hmm. homes and mm-hmm. are representing the organization because those are where so many of those relationships are at. Sure, sure. You know, I bet you don't target things like market share or anything like that. What you target is just doing the right thing every day, I would think. That's right. I mean, we, you know, we certainly have, we, we have defined what we're hoping to achieve from a growth standpoint. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, you know, we, we, we do a lot of tracking on, you know, on, on trends and what our, you know, growth, areas and opportunities again back to the budget and process itself but uh, uh and we, now we have a a a a, a uh, we do a fair amount of, of of marketing as far as company and all it's because you know but but the big focus now is ways to touch the customer because so many you know so many times our services are may just be outside only we don't mm-hmm. even see the customer there's no interaction right and making sure to find ways that it kind of becomes, you know, uh, uh, real at the time. I mean, you know, communicate, being able, quite honestly, to communicate with them while they're sitting at their desk at work, you know, that that we've been to their home and this is what we found and this is what we did okay. and building value for the service that's been delivered. How is, kind of an open question, but I'll let you interpret the way you want. How has technology changed your business? We're, uh, uh, it, it's, 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 I wouldn't say revolutionized it, but it's certainly, I mean, you know, we, we've gone from the typical small operator in our business doing, doing business off of ledger cards to, you know, to, I mean, you know, to handhelds, I mean, geotab or different, you know, routing systems, you know, as far as to, you know, to try to optimize getting people there in the, in the, in the most efficient manner. Um, you know, just, just, uh, customer uh, contact. Yeah. Customer contact. I mean, even to the point, I mean, you know, our, uh, all of our, uh, contracts and everything else being electronic now, I mean, used to, I'd go out in the seventies and eighty, if I sold a service to somebody, it was the next day or I got the paperwork turned in. We're reaching out to them today. One of our people signs somebody up and usually before they leave the home, there's a, you know, scheduled service time mm-hmm. and they have all the information there in digital form. And, you know, it just, just kind of has, 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 has made a really big difference in terms of, uh, and, and being able to, you know, a, a key piece for, for small businesses, you know, so, so many times we look at things that we feel like we can't afford or, or, uh, I don't have time for and different things. You know, all no. this has a cost an yeah, upfront cost. That's right. Yeah. And, but then what you have to be able to do is you have to be able to translate that into not it, not what it costs, 
but what the benefits it brings to the table because usually the return on that investment is many times what you what you what you put into it but you won't see it maybe for you know a year maybe a year and a half and then it starts reaping the benefit right so were you on the cutting edge of that in the in in your business or is that something you kind of kind of slowly moved into or was it an aha moment among the partners we got to do this or how did all that work we we because of our long-term family uh history in the industry we have you know i mean a lot of people will tell you that uh it, they're surprised that we're in the industry where a lot of where we all get along i mean we compete against each other but we have some you know I, we have some really i mean we're proud of the fact that that our family was a big part of bringing a high level of professionalism to this industry and you do that by you know, quite honestly, the the rising tide lifts all ships. You share, you get involved in the industry. We're well involved in our national association, our state association, our local association. And, I mean, we, we've gone into our competitors' businesses, and they've shared information with us, and we've shared information with them, not from a pricing standpoint, but best practices mm-hmm. because, you know, we only represent probably less than 25% of, you know, households in the entire country you know, you now they different percentages, different forms of service, but but you know the uh, there's biz, there's plenty of business for for us and 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 our competition. So you do outside and inside uh, I mean, termites, inside all that stuff, pest control, the whole shooting match. We do. Okay. One of the transformations. Now you don't have individual salespeople for that. That's all done. The house relationship is owned by one person is that the way that works well no actually for us we we are we are segmented in some regards first of all on the termite side it's important that a proper inspection be done to assess what the situation is mm-hmm. so we have outside salespeople that that do that there are certain pests and or other type issues that require an actual evaluation so we have we have an outside sales team we also have an inside sales team what we call our customer care center and so calls are routed when somebody's looking for a new service they go to that care center first and they evaluate whether or not it's something that needs to be handled outside or they can handle internally i got you and then the service is performed usually by dedicated uh, service team now, those people will sell additional services sometimes, but that's not their primary function in our company. Let's go back and talk about mosquitoes for a minute. Uh, since you got, I guess, a, a relative of yours got cranked up in that. I grew up in Naples, Florida, and back then mosquitoes were awful. And we had the daily mosquito patrol come by and pump this white smoke everywhere, and we'd run behind a mosquito control truck and all those things and wondering what the heck it would do to us when we were older, but I'm still here. But I guess my question is with the Ziva virus around back in those days, cause man, I got bit so many times. Well, there were, I mean, you know, uh, insect, you know, born illnesses go back. I mean, you know, to the beginning of time. Yeah. I mean, so, 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 you know, it, I, I think part of the phenomenon is yes, there has been, you know, some, morphing and some kind of super type bugs to come along Uh but i think i think the reality is the informational piece i mean you know you you know kind of that butterfly effect is much faster today than it used to be sure and so well we're also virus aware now too that's right i think i Um, agree 
Now, this uh, these mosquito companies that are popping up everywhere, um, are they a threat to you, or how do you counterman that? Their services are, uh, quite honestly, I mean, you know, every company's different in terms of what their their protocol is. Um, you know, our, our mosquito service, I guess you would say, is kind of positioned somewhat as a premium-type service, main reason being because, I mean, we do a very – different i feel like a more comprehensive service mm -hmm. and so no because uh, would would somebody looking for just mosquito control perhaps reach towards somebody like that to begin with but the competency of well, our they people, see the mosquito joe yeah, yeah sign in a yard but that's yeah, about it but our people quite honestly with 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 our internal training with entomologists director of safety different things and all like that you, yeah, our, our uh, uh, evaluation process of personnel, you know, in terms of the hiring process, you're, you know, I, I mean, I, I feel like if, you know, if it, if it were a football game and we were competing, that people would see that they're, they're, the, the companies such as ours providing that type of service is a, a higher quality service. Mm -hmm. And if you've got mosquitoes, I'd highly recommend you take care of them, not because of the Ziva virus, but they're just annoying. Um, you know, and, uh, I, I can, I have stories and growing up in the Everglades where the mosquitoes be on my arm and I'd be as black as this console right here. Um, and I hear about everybody being afraid of the mosquito bite and I kind of just chuckle a little bit, but I guess it is pretty dangerous because of what may have happened. If you had to do it over again, would you have done it differently? There, there are there are always opportunities for improvement. You know, you could always say, well, we could have gone further faster. But you know what? You could have gone too fast and might not have got there at all. We hear those yeah. stories all the time. Yeah. As a banker, I see those stories all the time, obviously. Yeah. yeah. So, I, you know, I, I would say that, you know, it's been a, uh, it's been a great journey. I yeah. mean, and, you know. If you, what are your challenges today? Are they different than they were five years ago is the is it tougher for you to be a small business um is it is technology helping that kind of uh taking care of the rough spots or is it is it a it's i i'm a we're a small business i can tell you on our side it's pretty tough what's your perspective on that it is it it is it is more difficult because I think the challenges are, are, are different in the way. And, and what I mean by that, you know, you're going into environments to provide services or for people who quite honestly have access to information in many ways, you know, the information highway that they're, they're all, they're all, at least a lot of them already consider themselves an expert before you, you know, are in front of them. So mm -hmm. you making sure that your people are trained at a, at a competency level. That they're, you know, that they're, that they're, that's, that, that's what I see as a, a real challenge. And, 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 and it's just making sure that, you know, as, as everybody's competing for personnel and different things and all like that, that you really are putting a high quality individual out in people's homes and, and business. training, I guess, is a huge the, thing for you guys. One, one of the biggest things that we, we, beyond the, the budget process, Early, early on, we hired a PhD in entomology to set up and and our, our training. So when we were we were you know a, a, a maybe a I wouldn't say a tenth, but certainly a fifth the size we are today, we had some we had that position filled. Mm 
Hmm. And that was always an emphasis and making sure that our, you know, the people that we send are, to, to, to your home and to your business or as, as, as trained and competent as they can be. We're into the show here, and um, I, I wanted to try to let you kind of finish it up. Um, what advice would you have out there, not for the startup, but for the person that's been in business three or four years, thinking about going to the next plateau, what kind of advice would you give that person? Those are pretty easy for me. Things I look back on that have come perhaps had the biggest impact on our business as of late has been, you know, community involvement. You know, you, you look at things, being involved in the community, creating a culture where you encourage your people to be involved. I mean, you know, it, you can, you know, it, it, it just comes back to you many, many times. Oh, you know, uh, not looking at things and saying that, you know, I just don't have time to do this. I mean, I, I think back the opportunities that came my way, the, to get more involved in the community at the time, I said, boy, I'm just too busy to do that. And then you do it and you say, wow, why didn't I do that 10 years ago? Mm-hmm. And because it just, it, it creates opportunities that you don't even know exist. And then you develop relationships out of that much the way you do, you know, quite honestly in school growing up or, in, you know, whatever. And, 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 and so well, everybody's an ambassador, right? Yeah, that's right. And, 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 and even people that come to work for you, I mean, you, you, you train them and you coach them up because if they do leave and you don't want them to leave, you want them to leave having, having benefited from the time they've been there and they become an ambassador for you mm-hmm. and then find, find good mentors. I mean, find people that have been there before. And, you know, and, you know, and just, you know, do, um, and I guess the other thing is, is, is learn how to, to listen, be a, be a good listener. I mean, you know, there are, there are examples of successful businesses and people all around you and study them, see what they, you know, what works for them. And, you know, uh, don't try to, to necessarily become who they are or what they do, but, you know, Certainly, you can glean some real good best practices that help you as far as your business and all is concerned. Yeah, yeah. And but on along that line, like I say, you don't want to try to copy them. You need to uh, try to see what they do and try to adapt those. But you know, you still need to try to be yourself because we're all unique. Um, but there could be one thing that you you're in, intimating is that you've got to be objective to yourself, and you've got to step back and realize that I could. I could do better. You know, how, how can I do better? You know, uh, my cousin Jim Augur had something said to the group a number of years ago, a kind of statement said, you know, we're you know, one day our, our whole leadership team recognized we're not right or wrong. We're different. And as, and being different, we all have different perspectives and different ideas and we can, you know, together, you know, we become a stronger team. Sure. And that's kind of how we, you know, build our, and I think that's important. You know, the, you know, the, the, uh, those around you have been there, have done that, and you can you can learn a whole lot faster from sure. you know, from those examples. Boy, um, thanks for your time today. And if I could just kind of check off a lot of the things that we have a lot of recurring themes that come up on this show: um, community involvement, how important the relationship with the customer is, how important hiring good people are, training them. Uh, getting them out there. Uh, you mentioned mentors. We had a whole thing on mentors. And, um, you know, there are just a lot of common themes. And it's interesting, not all of it is financial. A lot of it is just trying to just 
trying to be better people and be, and a better company. And, and the financial kind of takes care of itself a little bit. Right. Well, listen, that's our show for the day. And Perry, thank you so much for being with us. It was very well done. And I'd like to have you back at some point. So um, let's try to do that. If you It'll don't be mind. my pleasure. Thanks okay. for the invitation. Good. That's our show for today. This has been On The Money and the number one small business show on Business Radio X. And because of uh, guests like Perry, we'll continue to be that way. Uh, we're presented by Embassy National Bank. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at on, on underscore the underscore money and then the number one. Uh, you can listen to any of our shows uh, out on onthemoney.businessradiox.com and download our shows off of iTunes. Uh, but we also can, you can watch the um, video of the show out on the Business Radio X Gwinnett YouTube channel. So thanks for listening. Again, Perry, thank you for being here. Until next time, I'm Joe Moss at Embassy National Bank. Again, be careful out there. It's a tough, tough world. Leave fear in the backseat, and we talked about it right at the end of the show. Stay authentic. Stay true to yourself. So with that, we sign off, and we'll see you next time. 